0: A disappointing series at City Field as the Dimebacks drop three of four to the New York Mets. A little bit troubling as the Dimebacks started their The started their road trip three and one after taking three of four against the Cubs, but they will be stumbling home, to start a three game series against Chicago at, with a four and four road trip. We're gonna Um So in today's episode we're gonna talk about why it's too su- soon to it's too soon to get to the le- ledge and this is not good. I just literally forgot what I was supposed to say. So, anyways, well we're,
1: well, we're live, so we'll just do it. Um, yeah, that's not a great uh, series like result. Like a uh, they were doing great then like you actually kind of predicted it when you said that the Mets were a dangerous team you could easily kick our ass if we we let them and that's pretty much what happened so um and that makes that this Cubs series coming up like like it's a must-win series like every single series is a must-win for their playoff hopes to stay alive that's what we're going to talk about today
0: yep so moving into the Mets series the D Backs unfortunately saw their best two pitchers get their teeth kicked in as Gallon and Kelly both gave up seven runs. In the final two games of the series, the D backs were blown out by the Mets by a combined score of eighteen to two after taking the first narrowly winning the first game and uh, missing opportunities in game two. So is there is there something that we should is there something that we should be concerned about going into the Chicago series?
1: I mean it's obviously like one of the one of the factors was, you know, Jordan Lawler is is a rookie. He's gonna make mistakes, and you know, there's adjustment period. And yeah, that's what happened. That definitely played a, a role in our, you know, losses. Plus, you know, uh, Gallon and Kelly both having bad starts. But that's the thing; they're just bad starts. I don't think that they, they're gonna. They're their the last two starts of the year are gonna be just as bad. I, just as much as I'm not gonna predict that they're gonna go throw a no-hitter or a perfect game like that's the reason why you watch the games is so like you know anything can happen uh they can easily win every game the rest of the season just as much as they can lose every game the rest of the season like that's the way baseball is you can't like i hear doom and gloom all over you know x and uh You know, D-backs kind of fandom, and it's really – it seems like all season we've been jumping to this like, oh, my God, it's the end of the world. The Diamondbacks lost. And then I think it's like we're just traumatized from 2021 and, uh, you know, just history in general.
0: So we're going to now move on to the topic of the Diamondbacks and how the National League wildcard is holding up. So the D-backs' grip on National League wildcard spot appears to be slipping, although they are currently – Tie. It's in a weird four-way tie for the final wild card. I think the Giants might be percentage points ahead, but the, I'm not too worried about San Francisco. The Diamondbacks can take care of business on this upcoming homestand. Plus, the Giants had the misfortune of playing a very hot Dodger team. Yeah. And, of course, There's
1: definitely um, the Marlins, I think this is worth uh, kind of cutting off there, but the Marlins are not as much of a threat as we might have thought they'd be just because uh, Alcantara is out the rest of the season so um don't know if he's gonna be would be available in the postseason that doesn't matter for the of argument but then losing no. it, their workforce does
0: not help they still have very good pitching but then they have uh yeah. some questionable they might have a couple questionable arms but if uh, uh yuri perez has looked very good for the marlins and you also have And the Marlins have proven to be a very resilient team that you don't want to be trailing after seven innings. Like their bullpen is nasty, and that's after with a closer controversy. Although you can argue, they just found they had a better arm and put him at closer.
1: I mean, yeah, the the Marlins are definitely like a team that. uh... I want to count them out yet, but I think it is one thing to, you know, don't count the Diamondbacks out just because, you know, they're ahead of us in the, the wild card. I think, I think that it's – I mean, this is a tight race, and the way it works now is there's no um, – like, there's no tiebreaker games. Like, it's just based on the record. So, if we're tied with the Cubs and they have a better season record this year, that means we lose the – you know, we lose that uh, wild card spot – Same thing applies to San Francisco. Coincidentally, we're going to be playing them over the weekend and San Francisco for two games set next week. So, once again, we're talking about they're in control of their own destiny as far as those those two teams ahead of the bill. But uh, any team that they're tied with, it's going to be like I'm not sure what our record was against Cincinnati.
0: Three and four against the Reds, two and four against the Marlins. And you could argue that. A couple one-run games did them in in each series. Season series, yeah, absolutely, so.
1: absolutely. It's unfortunate if that's what it ends up being. Uh, but yeah, the, the Diamondbacks cannot be in a tie with Cincinnati or Miami, and if they if they basically can't lose. Like, I think, what would, what was the uh, outcome of uh, the Giants? Series earlier in the year, did we, did we take that series? We the D-backs it? are down remember. six
0: five in the series, but if they sweep the two games next week, they win the season series and have the tiebreaker over San Francisco. But also, the, depending on what the Dodgers do, because again, the Dodgers are probably too far away from the too far away from the uh, brace to catch up to them for the top seed. Like you can see here, it's like it's a seven. They're down seven games in the loss column to the. Braves with 15 with uh, 15 games to go for the Dodgers. And then no 17 games to go for the Dodgers 16 for the Braves.
1: Yeah. That's I mean, it's, saying. it's, it's interesting. I mean, if you're, if you're watching this uh, and you're like not, I mean, the Dodgers, the, the way that the, the highest ranked team, like the seed works is, uh, it's based on it's based on who has the best record, so that is something to keep on. I don't I don't think that they're gonna catch up to the Braves. That's that would take a really hot stretch by the Dodgers and a really bad stretch from the Braves. It's just too many too many things that would need to happen. And I, I mean, more of the concern is uh, making the, the postseason at this point. But they gotta take gotta beat the Cubs over. Uh, you know, take they really need to to take. All three games, if they can, and take both games from the Giants. That's like pretty much the key. They can do that. I mean, I would bet on them making the postseason. They they can only take two or three from the Cubs, and they can they split the series with the Giants. Then I really I don't. I think their their chances are done. They this is a must must win stretch of games. Like I they really say need to they're done. But like a
0: not going field. four and one on this home. Going l- no no better than 4 than one, uh, going. I should say four and one. They have to go at least four and one on this homestand. Yeah. That's, that was Anything I mean, less than four wins. And I think their playoff chances drop significantly, like 10%. Yeah, you can argue the D-backs postseason chances are pretty low. So we're going to pull it up on baseball reference. Here we're going to look at. Uh, no, that's not right. All right, so let's look at
1: I don't know what fingergrass has their odds as, but um yeah, and I mean like there's there are winning there's the chances of making the postseason has been up and down all year. So I'm not yeah. that's why I don't really worry about, you know, a couple bad games is because it's like it's gonna go up and I mean with this close of a race is gonna just be all over the place. Like I'm yeah. sure if you look at the graph of uh
0: Yeah, the V-backs yeah, so are mean, at twenty eight percent on Baseball Reference and Fangraphs. I believe they are on, sorry, twenty eight point nine. So let's call it twenty nine percent.
1: Yeah, I mean that's I feel about right. I mean I don't think it's a fifty fifty. I think it's probably you know like I said it's worse than that, and that kind of jives with you know reality and just you know my read on on the rest of the season.
0: Yeah, it's thirty percent um, of Fangraphs. But uh, of course. Yeah, I
1: mean, Close enough to a third.
0: One in three chance. We look at this upcoming homestand, they're going to have a very tough customer to deal with in game one of this homestand. Justin Steele, who is one of the favorites for the National League Cy Young Award, will be going up against the Dimebacks tonight. And the D-backs obviously have struggled against quality. Well, they just struggle against quality pitching, but especially yeah. quality left-handed pitching. And it's last time they faced him. They only messed it up one run in seven innings. and won that game because the Cubs couldn't hit with the bases loaded.
1: Hit- yeah, I mean they got really, really, they really were lucky to to, to win those games. I mean it, it's kind of been the thing this all year is, uh, you know, when the offense has struggled. Uh, you know, yeah, occasionally you'll get Gallon, or you know, Gallon's been good enough, and the offense has been just good enough. But when it isn't, then it's uh, they either one of them has a bad start. There's like the game's over.
0: Like we mentioned earlier in the thing, the D-backs last two games have a run differential of minus 16. That's why the run lift differential looks very bad right now. It, although you can is, argue they've been, it is bad. You can argue that the D-backs probably have more wins than they probably deserve based on how the roster is constructed. I mean, you're talking about maybe you have eight good players on the roster. Yeah. No, I mean It's, does isn't like least. they're
1: doing this good anyway in the first place. Like, that's where I'm still at. Like, even if they don't make the postseason, the fact that they've, you know, like these, you know, Corbin Carroll's broken out. Gab- Gabriel Moreno has been close to doing the same thing. Uh, I mean, it's like go down the list. It's uh, it's progress and what you want to see in an organization. I mean, if they don't make it postseason, it's disappointing. But, um you know, that's the thing.
0: Yeah, they're definitely going to need Carroll to finish the season strong, in my opinion, because he was absolutely abysmal against the Mets. His only oh, yeah, I man, think okay. his only hit came in his final at bat or something like that, long after that uh, game was put away.
1: Yeah, I, I, I'm going on to I'm going to Sunday's game, the first baseball game in, uh, in like literally I think twelve years. Last game I went to was in September of uh. Twenty eleven. So I'm really I really like to see a win on Sunday. I mean, if it's not gonna make postseason, they can at least do that for me.
0: Yeah, and it's gonna be a marquee game Sunday night. It'll be broadcasting on ESPN. I think it's been five years since the D backs were on Sunday night baseball. Ironically, I was at that oh, game yeah. too. Oh
1: wow. I'm gonna Money be been. in the section one oh seven uh in the le- the left field leader So keep an eye on it for <laughs> For my tall ass in the uh those
0: seats. Yep, and I'll be covering the I'll be covering the game from the press box. Uh which isn't actually which isn't the elevator to the press box isn't that far from section one hundred seven. I think it's like eight sections over. It's around 114, 115. But uh you can uh check out my work on inside insideimax at si.com slash mb slash dime if you're watching the show on YouTube, make sure to click that subscribe button, leave a like on the stream, and give a comment on how you feel about the D Backs' chances against the Chicago Cubs. So obviously for di- for game one, we got Justin Steele. We've already mentioned him as a Cy Young candidate. You'll want to catch the the Cy Young breakdown. You can either you can find that by searching "NL Cy Young race" and there will be a thumbnail of five pitchers in a Cy Young award with the uh, title "Who Wins." That's that's it, our video.
1: The D-backs really need to knock Justin Steele out of this Cy Young race. They just need to light him up tonight, this afternoon, and uh, you know, that's like, they really like, that's the thing that they need. I mean, that's really like, good way to get back on track is just beat Justin Steele.
0: Yep, and then uh, game two, they have Kyle Hendricks, they so are going to have to do better. And Hendricks is the type of pitcher this lineup gets annihilated by. Like, Absolutely. Unfortunately, I feel like the Diamondbacks don't know how to hit an off speed pitch sometimes. And you just, someone who can command a good changeup has really decimated this lineup. Well, Although it's the,
1: youth of, the youth of the team, really, more than it, anything. Like I mean these young guys are gonna get in thunks, you know, like it's 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 it'd be uh, it'd be unrealistic to expect them not to have the occasional struggle. Hopefully that improves. Yeah, they need to, to learn to hit some off-speed pitching. I don't know if that's necessarily recency bias, since most of these guys were, were only dealing with them this year. So, well,
0: Although you can argue yesterday they faced the pitcher with the, probably the best off-speed pitch in baseball in uh, Kodai Senga. The best change-up slash splitter.
1: Senga's stuff is nasty. That's really just... That doesn't really uh, it, says, it says more about Senga than it does about the D-backs in my opinion at least as far as the performance yesterday yeah. went So
0: yeah, the D-backs didn't really mount anything against Senga until the last inning they faced and they got to him when he was tired and unfortunately Christian Walker just missed the Grand Slam that would have put him back in the game yeah thing. he hit it hard, he hit it in the air it wasn't out yeah, it happens
1: that's, that's that's the what thing. it happens
0: they were, that's how it works sometimes. Good process does not lead to good results sometimes. That's, game
1: two, who's who's going on? In, we have the starters for Saturday and
0: Sunday? So, yeah, they got fought for game one, and the Key will be keeping the Cubs in the ballpark tonight. Game two tomorrow, yeah. they'll send Zach Davies, uh, and he needs to pitch like he did his first two starts coming off the IL instead of his last two. The yes. D-backs cannot afford a forwarding start the yeah, rest
1: no, of the way, for really, uh, anyone. Yeah, no, I mean, like, regardless, yeah. like, even the state of the bullpen, like, you cannot have that happen just because the bullpen, for the rest of the season, like, pretty much is going to be screwed.
0: And you got game three, I think you have Ryan Nelson, and, of course, we know how Nelson pitches that chase field. It's not very good. Yeah. But the D-backs basically – Uh, I think they need the the fifth starter for only two more times this season. Sunday, and then also in the White Sox series. Unless they want to start Nelson in New York. Although I'd push him back a day and start him in uh, Chicago.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't. I mean, if you have a choice between the two, I'd play him in Chicago versus New York Yankee. Yankee Stadium is not really the ballpark for him to be pitching in. (laughs)
0: So looking at the D backs lineup, obviously the Dimebacks are are have uh Carroll and Walker are in a pretty bad funk right now.
1: Yeah, it's uh that's not helping. Carroll needs to get I mean, I wanna see him hit home run twenty five.
0: Uh That'd be the first like, twenty five fifty rookie in MLB history. Actually no yeah. he would not be, would he? No. Oh, what yes he would. Since, mm, yes he would. I think, didn't,
1: what did Jose Canseco do? I know Jose Canseco and Bobby Bond both had crazy. He's already
0: problems. got the most stolen bases for the 2040 club. 2040 rookie club. I mean, his 47 steals is the most of that group. So, yeah, he'd be the first 2050 rookie if he gets the 50 steals, yeah. and he'd be the first 2550 rookie, obviously, since you get the idea. But he also joined some pretty elite company. Like I said, uh, there's only been three, I think, 25, 25 rookies in MLB history. 25 homers, 25 steals. Chris Young is yeah. the founding member of that club. The D-backs, Chris Young, that is. Next person to do it, Mike Trout in 2012. And then uh, Julio Rodriguez last year.
1: Yeah, no, I... Nomar garcia Parra actually, a fantastic rookie season. Not as many stolen bases. 13 homers and 22, 22 stolen bases kind uh, of same company. I mean, just the company that Corbin's in is, is really impressive. I, uh, you know, there's a guy whose injuries has killed the back half of his career.
0: By the way, should Corbin Carroll be batting second against the Cubs tonight and Justin Steele? Cause you remember the yeah. last episode, Jack flashed the piece of paper that says stop moving, moving Carroll down the order against lefties.
1: Yeah. I'm not going to change my opinion. Just because of a bad series, like no, yeah, no, he should still be set. He should be bad second tonight.
0: Yeah, dmx lamp should come up always, in a couple hours. Will
1: I think it's the order should just be if it's a right-handed batter, uh, you have Corbin, uh, pitching lead maybe? off. Uh, yeah, right, that? yeah, right, right-handed pitcher. Yes, you're right. Uh, yeah, no, if he, if he if it's a right-handed uh, pitcher, you have him batting lead off. If it's left-hander, you batting second.
0: Because I feel like uh, your leadoff hitter should be a guy that can put himself in scoring position. And, of course, in Corbin Carroll, it's like, okay, he's got plenty of weapons to do it against a right-handed pitcher. Against a lefty, it's probably more likely to slash a single and steal a base on the other way. Whereas Cattell Marte is an extra base hit waiting to happen every time he steps in the box against a lefty. That's why I think it should be flipped.
1: Yeah, I mean I, I, I actually I mean the main reason why I like I like I think Patel tell batting leadoff is really not, you know, he has similar tool a similar tool set of you know speed power. Not as fast as Corbin, but um
0: well is I mean, a guy it, who puts himself in scoring position with the extra base yeah. hit.
1: Yeah. So I mean like either way, like I'm I'm fine with I mean those are are your best offensive uh players should be at the top of the lineup. The the old school way of thinking about it. Is you know like the lineup it right now matter okay? You want to give those people the most plate appearances. Like you want to give Barry Bonds. If the old he, school way
0: of building a lineup was basically to set up an RBI opportunity for your four hitter.
1: Yeah, which is you know not ideal. Uh, I think like really I'm of the school that you should give the people the best hitters uh, the most opportunities to hit. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe order it by their speed. I do think that there is something to have. Like, you're not going to bat guys super slow in front of your your fastest player. It's a bad idea.
0: Yeah, you kind of have to cre- – it, now it's about creating the most run scoring opportunities. Like I said, a guy who gets himself in scoring position, okay, you got a guy in scoring position for a two-hitter who should be, by all accounts, your best hitter. Yeah. For this matchup. And I feel like Torrey doesn't treat the two-hole seriously sometimes. I mean, this is a quote that he said when he talked about lineup construction. Barry Bloom actually asked him about that, and he's the one that said a two hole is usually the best where teams put their best hitter. If you have a guy who gets himself in scoring position, with a high on base, steal guy like Carroll or a guy that's a walking extra base hit against lefties like Marte, like Tell Marte, now you got someone in scoring position and three cracks of the bat to drive in that run.
1: Yeah,
0: it's about maximizing like I, opportunities. That's all I can do with the lineup. You can't that's
1: exactly my point. Versus it's, the, like uh,
0: that's that's.
1: That's what line of construction like. The only thing it should be about is maximizing the opportunities to produce runs.
0: Yep, and I feel like sometimes the D backs don't do that because of the limitations on their roster.
1: Yeah, I mean it's something that's like it's. I I hope uh, you know, Carol Walker, Tommy Pham is you know hopefully they heat up uh like the comp they're okay. saying.
0: I'd actually like to see um, flip Walker and Fam. Yeah. Walker's I, I, not necessarily I would prefer that. Walker's not necessarily a great runners and scoring position guy if you want to go with the old school way of building an inning.
1: Yeah. For
0: one. And then uh Walker is more dangerous than Fam with two outs and nobody on base.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: Whereas Fam is probably more dangerous than Walker with a runner in scoring position. So that's the uh, only I
1: very much agree with that.
0: That's the only beef I have with the top four.
1: I'm I have beef with just the inconsistency of lineup construction and like what the team is doing. It's like okay, you're here. call Jordan Waller, play him every day.
0: I mean, I get they, not, I can get it's why it's they would sit him his, against.
1: you yeah, know, I get sitting him, but he should be like we said, he should get like 18 out of out of 21 or whatever games that he uh you know would have like you know the rest of the season so it was like overnight oh, like 90% of the games and they're not even doing that
0: yeah I, I just feel like organizationally and obviously uh who plays isn't necessarily decided by tory so we're not going to go after him for that but who plays is in the lineup now tory will do now tory will do the lineup so we can criticize him for lineup constri- uh we could uh, critique his lineups, but uh, obviously the front office is driving who does and doesn't play, who's available, the pitch. Yeah,
1: I mean, yeah, he's not responsible for constructing the roster, so it's not really on Tory that he doesn't have the, the players to to optimize the lineup to the best you know thing. But he does have control over like you know who he writes in the lineup card, unless it's like I mean it's weird not to give your your manager that ability to you know. The lineup, and it was Tori making those choices. Um, I don't really understand. Um, it was coming from the front office, it makes more sense. I do not think that uh, Jace Peterson needs more starts than Jordan Lawler.
0: For yeah, I was gonna, say, I think, like we said, when Jordan Lawler comes up, you got to ride the kid if if he can't if he can't play, yeah. then it's like okay, you, it's one thing to keep him off the postseason roster, if he's not ready.
1: Yeah.
0: And the then game. now you're stuck with I Jace Peterson as your backup shortstop, but that's, but hey.
1: It is what it is. You lay in the bed you make. Yep. All
0: right, so let's uh get into the Arizona Fall League. Let's make some predictions on who will be playing in the Arizona Fall League. So I have, uh, the rosters haven't been, Put together quite just yet. They're going to announce it at some point. I don't know when, but uh, from what okay. I've heard, That's Ivan I mean, Melendez is going to head. be one of the seven players that the D backs will send okay. to the Arizona Fall League. He is currently not playing due to an ankle injury, but the injury is not bad enough that it will keep him from playing in the Fall League, which starts October 2nd. So you want to make a run at the other. uh, other six players will be playing. I think you can send seven, but only six can pl- dress up, I think. Can actually play in the fall league. Um,
1: I think you and Lynn, one of the pitchers Lin no. is- Lynn's got no. Lynn had a healthy
0: season. He is not in consideration.
1: Oh, okay. Then he's then he's done. Um
0: plus he'll be pitching in the playoffs I mean, too for Amarillo.
1: Uh, I'm trying to think maybe. I wanna see Christian Robinson.
0: Yeah, so Robinson I, I would say him. is probably the biggest lock. That hasn't he been needs announced yet. He
1: needs, he needs a reps. He's, he's pretty much a lock. I think um, he's going to be
0: Arizona's priority player to get in the lineup on a consistent basis. and That's the guy we're going to be watching in the Arizona Fall League. Not yeah. Melendez, Robinson, because Robinson has the highest ceiling of all yeah, the players absolutely. that are likely going to be there. So another name I have, Landon Sims. Yeah,
1: the other one I'm going to throw out was Landon Sims as a pitcher. Uh, maybe Grayson hit.
0: No. Grayson Hitt's not pitching until sure. next year.
1: Okay. I'm trying to think who had Tommy John Tom, like one of the guys that came off of Tommy John off the
0: Yeah, Tommy John uh, this year let, if you're talking about him.
1: Okay, so this year. Yeah, I was I don't know if it been late enough. Plus he has never he played had,
0: in pro ball so they wouldn't put him in the fall league yet anyway.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, they wouldn't put him in the fall league. I'm not sure who they would be because Landon Simmons are definitely a guy that you want to see uh, you know, give a closer look at. Yeah, I think um, Sims
0: probably will get about 20, 25 innings maybe in the fall league. Yeah. Hmm. And then uh, Blaze Alexander is another one because he's a 40 man roster guy, and they need to make a decision on, yeah, they him do. this offseason whether or not to roster him on the 40 man roster next season with Jordan Lawler now in the big leagues. Like put him on yeah, the yeah. roster as depth because he's there's no pe- playing time, there's no path to playing time for him.
1: Yeah, that's the real problem. But I mean, unless you have any position um, other than third, maybe. If you think he can confidently platoon at third and back up short you, you, there's maybe a role there but you have no idea if he is actually suitable for the role i think yeah he's he's likely i would not be surprised if uh i mean he's, he's likely to be taken by the rule five if, uh, you know, he, I don't he's, think he's not be, eligible I don't, for rule five he's
0: on the 40 man okay, he's think. on the 40 man roster
1: i don't think he's going to stay on the 40 man roster it's out I, I he's going to be the player that's going to be moved. But, I mean, if he's in the organization and they want to get a good look at him, that would make a lot of sense. Um, Plus, he also
0: missed two months two months due to a broken thumb. So, that I means he, that Bats will replace those. Although, he's going to be facing inferior competition, pitching-wise, than he would face in Reno. Since most yeah. fall pitchers are A-ball, double-leg, high-A, double-A guys, occasional triple-A pitchers, and usually the triple-A guys are the good ones.
1: Um, I mean, I, there's a few guys, I don't know, like how many of the, the, this, you know, recent draft, I would, if any, I would say, if you're, if they're looking at any of the guys, I would be looking at maybe, maybe Gino Groover get a better look no. at defense or, um,
0: Gruber's not I mean, a guy anyone. I would consider for this year.
1: Yeah, that's probably more likely next year, but he is likely to move pretty quick in my opinion.
0: Um, yeah. Groover's bat is going to get him in the big leagues. The uh, glove will determine his ceiling. I
1: need names
0: in front of me. Here's um, a dark horse name that you might not have on your radar. This is a guy that's pitched at three different levels with the Dynamax farm system. Gunner Groen, 25-year-old, 26-year-old. You mentioned that.
1: I couldn't remember the guy's yeah. name. We'd mentioned him before. Um, yeah, I don't know anything about that. I'm like, who is this guy? So yeah, he's the one I I I consider. Uh, maybe like Mitchell Stumpo is
0: a guy that I threw out there. They already put Stumpo in the fall league though. So, and I feel like Stumpo's a guy that they pretty much given up on already. So it's like you want to,
1: yeah.
0: you don't want to waste those opportunities for someone you don't, who's not on your radar. Well, you can and it's like. But if you look at Groen's numbers, he obviously most of his appearances are with Visalia. Yeah, and he got slapped around pretty hard at that level, and there's not much to like about his uh, profile. But I'd have to, obviously the with the um, he signed as Rosa. a twenty five year old. Let's see,
1: Jorge oh, son- That's the, that's the guy uh, I throw out there. That would be, uh, you know, the AAA. There's not really clear. Path with him. He's going to be. I think he's ruled. He's rule of five eligible. But no, he's on the forty man roster. Uh, oh, he's on the forty man. That's right. They, he's one of the players they put on it, uh, which tells me that they want to get. A, they're going to want to get a good look at him.
0: I mean, the, uh, Jorge Barrosa's biggest problem is is he's a switch hitter who bats better from the left side of the plate.
1: Yeah, I think he's. Just they don't need that padding left handed, but he's not there. So, I mean.
0: I mean, that's best case scenario is might be as good as McCarthy, offensively, maybe. Yeah. Not exactly putting up just, video game numbers in Reno.
1: I think in terms of value, I think I mean Barosa is actually a, a pretty good defensive outfielder. Like, uh, I mean, that's one of the reasons why he's gone as far as he has in the system. He's actually a very good glove. Um,
0: good glove and good enough offense. He,
1: yeah, a Dylan Rang is one of the pitchers that could be. No,
0: Ray's not going to throw in the fall league. He's already had a full season. You can't put. They're not going to put guys that were healthy all season oh, yeah, in the yeah, fall yeah, league. Yeah, 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 Otherwise, yeah. they're going they risk blowing the guy's arm out through the workload.
1: Maybe D'Arazio, De- There's a guy that's going
0: to be they need to take a look at. J.J. DeRazio? Uh That's yeah. actually not a bad idea. That's not a bad name either to put. But I, I mean- feel like.
1: He's got such a weird skill set of, like, I don't know. He's like, kind of like that. I
0: don't even know He's a legit catching pitch. prospect.
1: Yeah, I mean, I would I would send him.
0: I would maybe, send him. Maybe,
1: maybe – maybe, I mean, yeah, I know most of the guys I'm thinking of, like, pitchers. Like, I can't really think of any pitchers that I'd send, per se. Most um, of them would
0: probably be relievers, although DeRozio obviously has hit a little bit of a speed bump in double A.
1: yeah.
0: Although he was very good with uh Hillsborough this year with a one thirty uh with a three oh eight average, pretty solid strikeout walk rates, and uh eight sixty eight OPS. And then Fangrass gave him a one thirty four WRC plus, which is factoring his uh position and factoring in position and age, a one thirty four WRC plus for a catching prospect is very good.
1: Good eye opening.
0: And then uh, another dark horse name, Caleb Roberts.
1: That's a good. That's a good. A uh, good guy. I mean, Caleb Roberts is. I'll feel the turn catcher.
0: He yeah, plays he's a very interesting
1: prospect, but similar similar to uh,
0: to DeRozio.
1: Uh, uh, I think no, DeRozio is a catcher. Yeah, that's what I'm gonna say. He's a much more legitimate catcher, but. Um, Caleb Roberts has been a guy that I, I like him as a player. Doesn't really back up. Like if you look at his, like just like how he's ranked in all of his tools, doesn't seem like a guy who would go much further than, you know, like, a you know, backup, you know, position. third string catcher. But, yeah. A third string catcher. Uh, but there's some potential there. I think that's a good name to, you know, one of the two I could certainly see them sending. This is to kind of see what they have. You really so don't know. Was, and Caleb Robertson played all over. Like he, he jumped like three levels when he first signed, um, uh, or, or like saying? last season. Last season, last, rather, he was all over the place.
0: Last season was with Hillsboro, and finished the year in Amarillo. You
1: know, yeah, And I, mean, I think he might have had an injury and was rehabbing and like. But he was all. Oh, is it all over the the farm system? You guys are played a ton of positions. Um, his bat. At um, the times, look looked pretty decent, like good enough where like they could give a utility infielder that's you know backing up multiple positions. Like that's would be acceptable. Offensive production, I have no idea how good his defense is. That's a guy I really would like to see.
0: I mean, with the case with Roberts, you're talking about probably someone who's the 26th man on your roster, the 13th player in yeah. a position player is, group.
1: That's exactly the, 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 the role. If either one of the them left-handed would, would bat- probably be doing...
0: He's going to have to hit for – he's going to have to provide some thump in the lineup, I think, to be used on any somewhat regular basis. I see him as more of a platoon guy. Perhaps, you know, maybe yeah. – maybe Maybe, uh, maybe best-case scenario, he is what the organization hopes Pavin Smith was going to become.
1: Yeah. Pavins, net- Pavin's
0: are good luck charm. How
1: dare you be Smirch's good name, sir.
0: But he's in Reno. We only talked about the players. Yeah, the yeah. You know that's the thing. He's the
1: team's good luck charm. Just, well, he's in just Reno, replaced, so team's doomed. They need to replace D Baxter with Haven Smith. That's what they need to do. All right.
0: So yeah, pitching is. We had to come up with at least one more pitching name before we can move on.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: don't I don't think well, starting pitching, unless you know of an injury.
1: I'm trying to think, like,
0: the only guy. It has to be someone that's injured if you're going starting pitcher. And obviously, was Grice injured. injured? What? Was he coming
1: off
0: an injury this last
1: season? No, I'm just saying, was coming off an injury this last season?
0: He doesn't like, count. They, they drafted him. him two months oh, I ago. I know.
1: I know. I'm trying to – let me find a name here. I'm gonna look at Don't even look Reno's at the 2023 roster. draft class. Yeah, I'm going to call Reno's roster and Amarillo's
0: roster. I would not look at Reno's roster. Yeah, probably Amarillo would be better. I mean, there really isn't anyone from Amarillo pitching-wise that you'd want. Maybe Jake Rice?
1: Yeah, that's... Oh, uh, what's his name? The guy, I can't think of his name. I mean, cool of course, uh,
0: Rice has pretty awful walk rate in Amarillo. I guess the uh, Homer happy environment got to him. Like I said, you don't want a pitcher. You don't necessarily want a pitcher that uh, gets scared by the, by the pitching environment. Yeah.
1: That's a, that's a big thing in this organization. That's for sure. Yeah. That's why Blake Um, Wilson's still in Reno. Yeah. I think.
0: Whereas uh, Jarvis and a with worse ERAs got MLB opportunities.
1: Yeah.
0: By the way, they should call them both up as soon as possible. Which mm. I think is next week.
1: I, yeah, I, I can't. Think, I mean, I, I don't really. There's not a lot of good names to throw
0: out there. Um, Remember, guys that have been healthy and are taking on a workload, you don't want to necessarily overpower the workload. Like Montes de Oca is not necessarily a name you want yeah. in there because he's already got 60 innings.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: Otherwise, he'd be a good pick. Same thing with Yilbert Diaz. Oh, Diaz has been promoted okay. at double A. night. Good for him. Diaz yeah, has gotten him. a starter. Clone.
1: He's gotten way too much work. That's why I didn't throw him out there.
0: Albeit, 96 uh, innings isn't a lot, but he's made 24 starts. So that's a lot of pitches.
1: Yeah, he he doesn't seem like a name that would... Uh, yeah. hmm.
0: We look at Grams, fifty-eight. So he's closing in on sixty. Grams has thirty-nine start, uh, thirty-nine games, five starts, but those are opener starts. So the closing in on sixty innings, but he uh, closing in on sixty innings. That'd be an interesting name to throw out there in the fall league, I think.
1: Yeah. Especially, especially with a guy with
0: explosive, with the stuff that he has.
1: And he's a guy who's, you know, recently recovered and fits all the criteria. I mean, yeah, I'd like him he's just a, a good a decent enough name for there. Well you
0: do have to you have to be wary of the workload because again he's at he's gonna probably get the six innings when the season ends for Emerilow on Sunday, plus the playoffs for yeah. since they're in the Texas League playoff, you have to worry about that. It may just have too many innings to consider the fall league.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of names that I would I would throw out there, uh, but they're just too many, too many innings. So that'll be interesting. Uh, interesting thing to 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 keep an eye on because they can send more pictures that they can send hitters. If I'm right, or the other way around.
0: You have to send three of each.
1: Three of each, and then you have one uh, taxi squad player. Um.
0: Yeah. And am looking at the pitching on Hillsborough. They're not going to send Geesting there. They're not going to send any of the guys from the 2022 draft. I mean, 2023 draft there, so that rules out Russell. Who is putting up video game numbers in the D-back system, I believe. I'm going to look it up. Yeah, Russell has an ERA of one. While well, opponents are hitting 143 against him. And not doing much, but not doing much at each level. But uh, Zane Russell is probably not a guy we see until twenty five. Yeah,
1: no, make it so hard to just pull up easily from Google minor league, uh, like team stats. Like they always just make it as difficult as possible.
0: Uh, if they wanted to reach into think- Hillsboro, a name that just popped up for me is uh, Logan Clayton. Well the the twenty twenty two draftees in Hillsboro. Tall right hander. Did uh, missed about a month of the season. We'll yeah, the that that, would,
1: that seems to be that'd be a, a decent enough candidate. I really like I don't let me let me see here. I'm gonna pull up the Diamondbacks organizational leaders. I so
0: don't position. think that's gonna be a good idea. All right. Let's just strap it up and move on. We're just fishing for it's like at this point we're just fit we're deep fishing for names and I think that's probably too much.
1: Yeah, probably. I mean that's actually a pretty decent but I mean okay, we so, covered
0: we covered the big names well, I think so far and now we're just reaching for numbers so we can get this so we can try and get out in front of it. But let's just uh Yeah.
1: Something we have, we'll keep an eye on in the future when we get to Yeah. A little closer to the fall league. Um yeah, we'll yeah, do a no, podcast that's a on good, that's that. A, that's a good when starting point, of, you know. Just an October idea 2nd. of what they do is, you know, based on that criteria, you know, it's going to depend on you like any team knowledge. So at least, hopefully, people watching this get a better understanding of like how that works.
0: All right, so we're going to uh, now discuss uh, something something that caught the Diamondbacks' ire Monday night. Uh, commentary by the Mets TV broadcast drew the ire of Mike Fitzgerald, the Dimex lead research and development guy, or basically your top analytics department person. Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah, from, yeah. Keith Hernandez. And uh, I forget the other guy's name.
0: Uh, Gary
1: um, Cohen. Gary Cohen. So, they didn't know what they're talking about. Uh, yeah, as soon as
0: my computer stops scrolling, we'll show that up here
1: the fact that that was even like they like it is just baffling to me that you'd say something like that without any of the context first of all they don't realize that like um Tim McCaster is really fast You're not going to throw him out so there's no point Hold in on. trying Let's
0: get let's get the uh, video up first if my fucking computer uh, i just just an F bomb on stream but oops my computer Well if that out post production I don't know But up uh, Hold on. Uh, share this tab. Pull it up. Let's do it.
1: They're gonna play behind him. He's the winning run. What are they doing? What are they doing? They're playing behind him. They're giving him the stolen base. That's the winning run. Oh
0: wow. Are you kidding me? Backdoor slider misses ball one. What are they thinking? How do you allow the winning run to steal second base? Oh my god. That is as bonehead a managerial decision as I've seen all year long. Wow. Unreal.
1: They're going to play Um yeah. That is first of all, you see Tim Lecastro is super fast. There was no chance of throwing him out. That wasn't Gab- Gavin Moreno behind him plate. Uh, I don't know if that was Jose Herrera or That no, was Sebby uh, Zavala. The... Yeah, okay, that's right. Yeah, he does not have the arm uh, strength or accuracy to gun down Tim Lecastro. It's the batter that he's facing. Guess what? Game's over once the guy's out.
0: I was going to say, Brandon Nimmo, who's probably the most difficult out in that Mets lineup.
1: Yeah. So, you don't worry if there's two outs. You're facing, you know, basically the 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 last batter of the game, if you get him out, guess what? If you don't get him out, the game's over anyway.
0: Yeah, if you so don't get him out, a, at a minimum, you've blown if you don't get him out, the save is blown. Although, theoretically, if they fell behind, they would have walked him. Yeah. Because his room mattered.
1: Yeah, I don't think that uh, it's, it's an, an embarrassment, honestly, that the Mets broadcasters don't know their own player Because anyone paying attention knows that you're not going to throw Tim LeCastro out. Like one of the best, most efficient and fastest day stealers in baseball, even when he's older.
0: My computer would allow me to do it. I have a tweet from, like I said, we mentioned Fitzgerald. And we'll show the tweet again. We'll show the tweet and the video again, but there will be no audio this time around. This is what Mike Fitzgerald said. Uh, wrong screen. And there you go. I guess it's too much for the Mets broadcasters. No skill set intensity of their own players. I'm glad our dugout does though. And this was. I think that also was a. Also has to do with Brandon Nimmo, who hits a lot of pull side grounders. Yeah. By playing behind the runner, you're not vulnerable to the pull side grounder. Which, if it yeah. had happened with Walker holding on Nimmo, Mauricio scores from third easily. Yeah. And or Castro takes third. Now the winning runs at third base and so second. Yeah,
1: the game's over. Like, they didn't know. I, I mean, it's not, just, it's not just that. Like you said, like it's multiple things that they they're not even aware of. They're not even aware of the context of the baseball game. of the game no longer matters if you don't get the guy out at the plate game's over so uh you know what's the factor in all that like what boneheaded no i think the most boneheaded thing in that game was uh the commentary
0: Yeah, and you kind of just look at um like I said the nimmo ended up getting a fastball up and in hit a jam shot liner to center a jam shot fly ball to center field for the final out yeah Although, if he had hit a grounder to the right side that Walker or Marte got to, then you would say that that decision, decision from a strategic standpoint ended up paying off.
1: Yeah. So, and on, that's the thing. It's like, what?
0: Yeah, that's pretty much it. And we'll probably get stuff like that into the podcast more. Maybe we'll call it. This won't be an original title, but like, Shit Baseball Players Say. Or we take like yeah. some controversial thing and then we meme it to death.
1: And Nick Pastiano's hit the deep drive into left. I'm really sorry. This will be the last time that I'll be uh, on this broadcast most likely. And I won't have a job. It's a classic featuring a former D-back announcer, Tom Brenneman,
0: who, uh,
1: this disappointment it makes me sad that he's a
0: bigot. But, Is he batting right, right know, now? Cassianos? <laughs>
1: that yeah, It's Friday, what? probably not.
0: It's probably Friday, not. it's eleven, and it's almost noon, so probably not. So, uh,
1: that's, that's good point. Wrap it up. Uh,
0: Thanks for watching
1: uh, live and commenting.
0: Yep, and uh, we'll be back on Monday. We'll make sure the post content will there'll be a picture of Wes and I at Sunday's game.
1: Keep an eye out for me um, yeah. at the game. If you see me, say hi. Okay. Head, so. So if
0: so again if you're watching here on YouTube make sure to smash that subscribe button it makes our day better and I, and I do watch the subscriber count and I can compl- and I complain to Wes all the time every time I lose a sub
1: that's is over it don't don't unsubscribe people you're, once you're subscribed it's forever
0: So uh make sure to give the stream a like and a comment down below if you think the D-backs have better than a 30% playoff chance of reaching the playoffs.